as we prepare to read God's word this morning. Let us join together in a prayer for illumination, where we ask God to, to send the Spirit to illuminate our hearts and our minds. Let us pray. Come, Spirit of the Lord, and speak. Send your holy word to be upon our tongues and your gospel upon our hearts. Speak to us, speak among us, for we, your servants, are listening. Amen. We have two readings this morning. The first comes from Revelation in the first chapter. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John in the 18th chapter. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom was from this world, my followers would, would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. During the pandemic, many families rediscovered the virtues and, and the joys of staying in and even entertaining with board games. Board games surged in popularity and companies like Hasbro and Mattel experienced a booming sales growth. And why not? Board games can be enjoyed in person, but even virtually. How about your family and friends? Did you, did you connect through board games? Did they help you stay connected and enjoy some quality time together? Growing up, my family didn't play lots of board games, but I do remember having some favorites. One of them was the game of Clue. Do you know that game? Each player sought to be the first one to discover who had done it. 
Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick as one of 324 possible solutions. But my favorite game was Monopoly. That was the one that was the go-to. That's the one that would, would got first pulled down off the shelf. And, and what a great and uplifting game it is to spend time with your family and friends and to drive them into bankruptcy and to drive them out of the game. Wow, what a game that is, huh? When my children were young, Carolyn and I played Candyland with them. I bet you many of you did the same thing. That was until they, you know, got a hang of Monopoly. But during the pandemic, Catherine introduced us to Catan. Do you know Catan? Anyone know that game? Yeah, that was our go-to game. Each player collects the materials needed to build roads and settlements and cities. It was our go-to game on the, on the dining room table during COVID. Yet there's something about Monopoly and Catan and others that are just in conflict with our celebration as the church today. In such games, the main goal is to build a personal kingdom by accumulating buildings and settlements and cities. The winning strategy is to own the most prime real estate, to buy homes, to build hotels, and to drive others out of business. The kingdom building prescribed in these games reflects the mindset of the world and not this feast day that celebrates the things that are truth. And eternal. Didn't Jesus say, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Today, on this Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the Christian year, we are called to celebrate not our kingdoms, not our lordship, but we're called to celebrate Jesus. He's the ruler, you see, of the kings of the earth. He is to be the king of kings and lord of lords in your life and in mine. And he calls us to his kingdom the reign of God in this world. Now, it's truly an amazing thing that you and I are invited into this kingdom of God. We're invited and we're called to be part of God's active rule and reign in this world. God's kingdom and Jesus has drawn near and it claims you as, as God's own. In your baptisms, you were welcomed and clothed with righteousness and named and claimed. God in Jesus Christ has given you a, a new name. And God wants you to get caught up in it, in this kingdom, because you see, God's kingdom is not a wish. It's not a dream. It's not some sort of distant hope. No, God's kingdom is here and now 
even if not in all of its fullness. Jesus said the kingdom of God is a work in progress. It's not yet finished. Yet the kingdom of God is a reality in this world, even if it isn't yet complete. It is something that God is doing now, right now, and will be doing tomorrow, even if it isn't complete until the end of time. And today, you and I live between this present already and the future, what is not yet. And Jesus even taught us to pray for that future. And we did it earlier today. Did you know that? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In his teaching, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a sower who went out to sow seeds in his field. The seed fell on various types of ground, but when it fell on good soil, what happened? It grew a hundredfold. Jesus said the kingdom of God was like yeast that a woman mixed in with three measures of flour until all the dough was leavened. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a tiny, tiny mustard seed that when someone sowed it in the field, it grew into a large shrub, a tree that the birds of the air came and built their nest and reared their young in it. But there's a challenge, you see, for you and for me and for the world. God's kingdom doesn't look like much compared to the kingdoms of this world with all their posh palaces. God's kingdom is a strange kingdom at best. It's an upside-down kind of kingdom, and it's ruled by an unusual king who, as John tells us in Revelation, loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood. Not a decree, not but just words, but by his blood. He gave himself for us and for the whole world. And he made us into a kingdom, priests, you and I, priests serving God and the Father. Our king came as a servant and not to be served. Jesus' ministry, you see, points to this inverted and upside-down way of living that can contrast with the prevailing social order of the first century and still in our days. God's kingdom is less a place and more the dynamic rule of or the reign of God where men and women, just like you and me, are doing the things that Jesus has told us to do. The kingdom points us not to the place of God, but to God's ruling activities. This kingdom is present whenever and wherever men and women submit their lives to God's ruling authority and reign. Our king says that we ought to expect this kingdom to look strange, to look different, 
than the kingdoms in this world. And it's not just because it's so fractured and, and full of sinners like me who need a savior. But still, it is God's kingdom. And it's good to know that even though we have problems, even though we are marred with difficulties and face significant challenges, we are still part of something that is greater, far greater than us or any nation or this world. Even in Jesus' earthly ministry, he was proclaimed from king, uh, as king from his birth to his death. In his birth, Jesus was vis visited by Magi in Bethlehem. And in today's reading from John's gospel, as Jesus' life nears an end, he enters into Pilate's headquarters. Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And he responds, do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate responds, so you are a king. And Jesus proclaims, you say I am a king, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. At his death, the plaque over Jesus' head proclaimed, This is the King of the Jews. But Jesus' kingship is unlike any king in the history of the world. The divine sovereignty of the Son consists of self-giving love. As Jesus is the kingdom of God in a person, and he summons people like you and me to enter into the, the reign of God by repentance and by humility and by faith and by following him. To the Philippians, Paul writes this about this king and this kingdom. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Sisters and brothers, we are called to be Jesus' royal subjects, you and I, his learners, his disciples, his followers. We are to be responsible to our King and our Lord to his power, to his authority. Jesus tells us, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. Our king is the ruler of this and every age. His reign is righteous, and he offers forgiveness to all men and women in this world. As king and lord, Jesus is the owner. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it, says the psalmist. He's the owner of everything. 
He deserves our respect, our obedience, our all. In him we live and move and we have our being. He is our only hope. He is our only true help. He is our refuge, our strength, our shield, and yes, our Savior. He alone is the promise of life and life abundantly. Jesus is the only one that can truly heal us and truly save us. Our king is, was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth and baptized in the Jordan River. Our king reigned, reigned from the cross. And in the cross, our king brought us redemption. But the grave couldn't hold our king. In his resurrection, he is our hope for today and every day in the future. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. Today, on this Christ the King Sunday, our King is standing at the door knocking, calling to you and to me to follow him to follow him this day and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. Let every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. Amen? Amen.